Hey everybody, welcome to the Have You Ever Played podcast, the only podcast that takes you on a journey through the world of gaming, from classics to the latest releases. Join us as we explore the stories behind your favorite games and discover new ones along the way. Uh, that intro is brought to you by the Bing chatbot. Uh, um, that's probably the most professional and non-accurate description of the podcast yet. Yeah, that I'm definitely Matt, sounded AKA like... Matt I'm James, a.k.a. James O4E, and that intro definitely sounded like it was written by a human being. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't tell it was... <laughs> Couldn't tell us by an AI at all. Yeah, I couldn't even muster the uh, creativity to come up with some dumb 10-second intro this week. This, it, we're, we're just going to get right into it. Oh, boy. Uh, um, so, James, how has your week been? Um, My week has been good. Uh, so, unlike other weeks, there was a Dota patch this week. Oh, and... oh yeah, we can talk all about it. Yeah, so... Basically, with Dota for a few years, it's been in the game hasn't had super like super huge changes, like full like system reworks and things like that. Like there have been some new systems, some things have been like added, some things have been removed, but not like uh, what people typically expect from a Dota patch. You know, Dota is very very well known for having these huge huge patches that take you like four hours to read. Um, and this one was different. Because this is probably the the biggest patch they've ever dropped for the game, like literally ever, and the game's twenty years old, so that's a pretty big deal. So, what are the major features that are changed in the newest patch? Uh, yeah, there's actually there's a lot. So, first thing that's most important is the map is roughly forty percent bigger. They added oh a bunch God. of terrain on the outer edges that have jungle camps. They have some new objectives. They also moved the Roshan pit. Roshan is like the the big boss that teams fight over. It's like Baron and League. They added two Roshan pits, and what Roshan does is at is when it switches between day and night, he moves from one pit to another, and he does this by using these things called the Twin Gates, which are these gates that can teleport you from one end of the map to the other if you channel it for a few seconds. And the, the really funny thing about that is that Roshan just gets up, leaves his pit. Anytime he walks into somebody, he stuns them and knocks them back. And he just oh, goes gosh. through the portal. So and he doesn't care if you're if you're like trying to do Roshan at the time or anything. Like if you're doing Roshan and it hits hits day or night, he will just walk out and like chain stun your team and just leave. That's kind of an interesting mechanic. Yeah. Uh yeah, let's see what else. So there's these things called lotus pools, basically on the sides of the two side lanes. There are these pools that spawn these lotuses that just give you some health and mana when you use them. You can stack them up because one will spawn every three minutes. You basically can stack them up and make better lotuses that will heal you for more. And just as the game goes on, they kind of start stacking up as people forget about them. In late game, you can just get a really big, a big healing lotus. Hmm. <clears throat> then they added an objective called the Tormentors near each near each team's base. And basically, at 20 minutes, they spawn. They have this big barrier shield on them. So they don't have actual health. They have a barrier instead. And that barrier regens at a really fast rate. And additionally, anytime you do damage to the barrier, it reflects 70% of the damage that is done in an AoE around it. And it's dispersed between all the people in the AoE. So you physically cannot solo this. You actually need to like get your team and say, like, hey, let's do this. And... <laughs> Lots of lots of supports have uh, unfortunately lost their lives 
in uh in the battle against the tormentors with their team because their team will be doing all this massive damage and they're sitting here like oh boy my carry's damage is getting dispersed onto me <laughs> it's really funny um but when you kill it thankfully the sports get compensated so everybody gets golden xp just like any other killable objective in the game but it also gives you an item called an Aghanim Shard, which is basically just an upgrade for one of your abilities. And it'll give it to one of the two lowest net worth characters on your team. So the supports that just nearly died to it will actually get rewarded, thankfully. <clears throat> then they added these things called Watchers, which... Oh, God, I'm reading the description right now. So the, this patch note, these patch notes, they're actually really well written. I think they got somebody who did like the TF2 patch notes before. To write these because they're they're really funny. What but, what is the, what are those ancient texts you speak of? The TF2 patch notes. Oh, yeah, mean localizing came, data files or adding more localization files. Yeah, what the hell? That came out patches. That's crazy. Hey, that, what are you talking? Team for what is this <laughs> Team Fortress Two you speak of? Yeah, oh my god. But basically, on the map there are these things called Watchers, which are these neutral wards, basically that when you channel them for a second and a half, you'll capture it and it'll just give you a vision over the area that, that they're in. Um, and the enemy team can channel it back and just destroy it, and it'll spawn again in seven minutes. And it's just, uh, since the map has gotten bigger, it takes a little bit of the pressure off supports toward everywhere. Because obviously you can't control everything when the map has gotten so much bigger. There'll be in places where people will inevitably be able to go away from where you can afford to get vision. So that's really nice. They added these things called Defender's Gates, which is basically in each base, there's a little gate that only people from that team can enter or ex or exit through. And so it just me means that if you're trapped in your base, you at least have a way to, like, get out if you hmm. need to, like, go to an objective or something like that, or if you want to get, like, farm in the jungle. Then they added two new runes. One's called a Wisdom Rune. It just spawns every seven minutes, and it just gives XP. So, you know, it's for basically for the supports. You know, while they're roaming around, they just pick up a Wisdom Rune, and they get a little bit of, little bit of XP. And then shield runes just give you a barrier that is worth 50% of your max HP for like 70 seconds. And one of the big themes of this patch is that Dota added like shields. Because previously it was one of the few mobiles that didn't really have that. Hmm. Then I'm not going to go through all the hero chains because that would take, again, we'd be here for four hours. These are long patch notes. But main highlights, it is added a new attribute called universal which is basically they don't really have a primary attribute. Pre previously, characters would get one damage for each point they would get in their primary attribute. But universal heroes get 0.6 damage for each point of any stat. Um, they reworked Black King Bar, which is like the spell immunity item in the game. Basically, the main thing is that uh, magic damage spells can pierce it now, but you just have a lot of magic resistance. And... If somebody hits you with a stun during your BKB and the stun ends before the BKB duration or after the BKB duration ends, then they'll just be stunned at the end of their BKB. So like if you if you have two seconds left on your BKB and somebody hits you with a three second stun, it'll just get hit with a one second stun as soon as it ends, hmm. which is re really goofy to look at sometimes because <laughs> it'll be like a skill shot or something. And you'll hit it and it'll have like no impact. And then when the BKB ends, they just they're just disabled. Weird. Um, so it seems to me, as someone who doesn't really play that game, um, they made it even less accessible to new players. Yes. 
But they added a lot of depth for people who already play the game. So hopefully, maybe have you played it at all? Is it out? Yeah, yeah, I've played it a bit. It's been it's been out for about a week. What's um, your thought? Do you prefer it to the old map and the old playstyle? Is it good? Is it a good yeah, update? Yeah, I th I think it's definitely preferred. The main thing that I notice is like people are more they talk and they're not like they're not as as big of jerks because like they i think it's like all the new objectives made people kind of realize like wow i actually need to like coordinate with my team or i just lose because <laughs> hmm. it's like if you want to take the tormentor you physically can't do it alone like the stuff small stuff like that is like really helpful for getting people to actually coordinate i wonder if it's just a symptom of it being so new that not a lot of people know the meta right mm -hmm. now so i think a lot of the toxicity may come from people watching pro play and knowing yeah. things but being frustrated that when they're in like a casual setting people why aren't people playing like pros and doing the pro thing and you know mm -hmm. why aren't people being optimal whereas <laughs> i guess right now maybe it's kind of still new for a lot of people so they're still kind of trying new things mm -hmm. um do you think the push toward more cooperative play is a good thing because i know overwatch going using my frame of reference um I, I think kind of pushed away from, I think, some of that team play stuff. Well, maybe, I mean, in competitive, you still need team play. But I think a lot of games focus on that solo queue experience um, mm -hmm. because, you know, sometimes you just want to play a match. Although with Dota, it's like, if you want to play a match, you're committing like an hour. So it's maybe yeah. a different vibe. Yeah, I I think the pace of the game being different makes it a little easier to swallow because like in, in overwatch right you need to get you need to communicate all these like crazy tiny things like you know these one second windows and stuff like that whereas in, in dota it's more of a it's more macro stuff that you actually need to communicate on so i think it is a little easier to to ask people in solo queue to coordinate in a game in a game like dota than it would be in a game like overwatch um there was one other thing that i want to talk about from this patch Oh, actually, two things. So, normally, the Dota patches are scheduled around pro tournaments and stuff like that, so the patch doesn't drop right before a tournament or right in the middle of it. Uh, they didn't do that this time. <laughs> so, uh, about a month ago, they said, yeah, guys, the patch is coming in late April, and then everybody's like, well, wait, 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 there's a major in late April. You can't do that. <laughs> so, oh. they, just, they just decided to drop it, like, six days before the major, I think. So are they going to be playing this version of the game? The oh, they major? already are. The major started two days ago. Oh, and there was a there was an online tournament going on. It was like a Dream League tournament, and they dropped the patch right before the playoffs started. Huh. And so it's it's funny that you mentioned uh, people like watching pro play because people are watching the pros and none of them know what they're doing. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's so new. That, that's yeah. crazy. Everybody's that must so suck confused. if you trained like all of your time. <laughs> on one certain way and then the game patch comes out changes everything well yeah the general sentiment among pros is they're actually fine with it because there hasn't been a major patch like this in a while yeah it gets people in the game eyeballs yeah. on the game you know I, I would assume that's good for pros more eyeballs means more tournaments and more funding and you know mm -hmm. more people playing yeah. the game and it's just it's, it's just goofy to watch like you know people don't know what they're doing so they're just running around and brawling just <laughs> randomly <laughs> Do you think it'll actually get... That's the thing, though. Like it, To me, it sounds like the game got even more complicated. Mm -hmm. I can't really imagine this would draw new players into the game. Yeah. I So from what 
some Valve devs have said previously, they don't like doing these kinds of patches very often for that exact reason. It's not very good for new players. And so I think what they're probably thinking is they'll do this once every few years. And this won't necessarily cause an influx of new players, but it will help retain the current players as they get more more accustomed to what they're playing and want something new. So I yeah. I don't know. I, I personally think this is going to make it a lot harder for new players, but I also don't know how that will change over time. Because, you know, for all I know, maybe like, maybe like the watchers are just really good. Like new players don't need to know about warding as much anymore. Like um, the wisdom runes, new players won't fall behind in, in levels as much anymore, like stuff like that. So you, you never know. I think it's probably, I would assume with Dota, I think Dota builds itself as like, I feel like the tutorial for Dota is playing <laughs> League of Legends for a long time and then being like, I want to play something more complicated. And then you play yeah. Dota. Um, because Dota seems like a game that the people who enjoy it, if they were to make it more accessible and dumb it down in some ways, the core audience would not like that. So mm -hmm. they're catering toward the, the players they already have and who already enjoy it, which I don't know how sustainable that is, but I mean, it's Dota. They'll throw infinity dollars into it because um, it's Valve. So yeah. I don't think you have to worry about it going anywhere. But um, yeah, yeah I, think I don't know. I think it's also interesting that you mentioned League because lots of these mechanics that they added are actually like League things, like the, the Twin Gates to take you across the map, the shield, stuff like that. So I actually think it's interesting. Maybe they're thinking we may not necessarily get new new players who haven't played a MOBA before, but there might be some new players who are transferring from another MOBA, you know, maybe have experience and they want more things that they can latch onto to maybe make the the transition period a little easier. Yeah, I noticed that. It is funny mm -hmm. that Dota is taking a lot of these League of Legends aspects and it does start to feel... And almost, it is also kind of funny that Dota kind of has, like, the worst version of some of the other League stuff. Like, they have, like, they also have a Netflix show, which I haven't seen, but no one <laughs> seems to care or talk about it. Um, as opposed to, like, Arcane. And, you know, I, I feel like they want their characters to become these cool, like, icons that people talk about and care about. But I feel like League characters just are, I don't know, people enjoy them more. Um, and they'll enjoy the league third party weird stuff more. Mm -hmm. You know, the um, the Riot Games, uh, which, which is also kind of weird to think about because Riot Games is also just taking things from other successful franchises and like Blizzard a bunch with their Valorant and mm -hmm. um, all these games. Valorant's a weird game too. I, have you yeah. played Valorant? Yeah, at I've, all? I've, pl I've played Valorant like, before. It is. I did it like when it came out, but I haven't. Mm -hmm. Have you played it recently at all? Do you have any um, care about no, that game? No, last time I played it was like two years ago, maybe. It was. It was okay. I'm. I'm just not into that kind of shooter, really. Yeah, me neither. Like, I would rather. So it's like it's a mix between CS:GO and Overwatch, and it's like mm -hmm. when I want to play either of those games, I'd rather just play <clears throat> pure one of those things. I don't want. I don't want a hybrid. Mm -hmm. Um, kind of a weird. I don't know. Yeah, but I don't I, know. Riot is. Riot is always a special case when when comparing to other studios, at least from my experience, because, you know, they're they're just they're just ahead of the game. My, one of my friends describes it as they have, they have uh, gallons of unicorn blood to spare. Oh, yeah. No, they have yeah. infinity bucks as well. So it's a battle mm. of who has the most infinity bucks. Yeah. And right now it seems like Riot 
with their games, with their interesting characters. At least when when Valorant came out, the characters who's like, who's this skull guy? It's like his name is like Creeper, and he uses Wraith form and shoots his gun. Like, Creeper. and we have we have a character called like Percy. She can heal people. It's just like okay, this is weird. Um, it's not yeah. that bad. I can't imagine one. It wasn't ever that blatant. It was a little silly. Some of the character designs. I feel mm-hmm. like nowadays they probably found you know their own thing. Um, yeah, definitely. But... I think Riot characters are a lot more lively than some other games, which is one thing I noticed. Like, like Dota characters in comparison, like they're actually very like dark. They're not. Yeah. Uh, they don't like jump out at you. It's more like. I actually Do you know what it is. I don't quite know how to describe it. DC versus Marvel. DC is Dota. Oh, well, Marvel is like League of Legends. Oh God. It's the it's it kind of makes sense like the goofier League of Legends stuff and whatever mm-hmm. brighter colorful yelling in your face versus like the come on take us seriously Dota although Dota also has like ogre magi and random mm-hmm. goofy ass characters too but it's actually it's funny that you mentioned ogre magi because they reworked him in this patch and the crux of the rework is that so he's a strength hero instead of an intelligence hero. And his intelligence stat is always at zero. It cannot be increased. Based. Amazing. <laughs> I read that, that, that was, was like, damn. The one character I actually legitimately did have fun on, just the casino character. Just you can mm-hmm. sometimes. I love I love the fact that it's just sometimes you'll crit. I don't know. <laughs> He's like the nine hammer yeah. from Mr. Game and Watch of characters. Mm-hmm. That's a funny character. Yeah. So one last thing from the patch notes that I wanted to highlight. They uh they changed how they do matchmaking now. Where before for ranked they would use an Elo system, now they use Glico. Don't ask me what that means. Glico. All right, we gotta the, figure that out. I'll Google so it. So the look it up. Talk. I I looked at the wiki page. It's a lot of equations, but the short Glico? of it, the short of it is that with Elo you'll lose a static amount of you'll lose or gain a static amount of MMR. It's just about whether you win or lose. Whereas with Glico, it'll analyze a bunch of other factors like the the MMR average of both teams, your what they refer to as rank confidence, which is basically how confident they are that you belong in this tier and stuff like that. And they also have some stuff where it's like if you haven't played for a while, your rank confidence will go down, so you won't get like as hard matches. They'll like ease you back in a little bit. And how the calibration system works now, because everybody had to recalibrate since the new system. Uh, Basically, once your rank confidence gets to 30%, then you'll get your rank. But before that, you're basically just playing uh, games where they kind of put you around in different tiers and feel out where you really are. Um, In my personal experience, I've played like 20 games, and I'm still not even at 30% rank confidence. I'm at like 20%. So it's like... Oh, wow. Can you actually see your percentage? Yeah, yeah. You can see your percentage. Oh, wow. Okay. That's interesting. That's very transparent, I guess. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's hidden stats. Yeah. It's actually funny. They... um, So there's a whole new menu for looking at your your stats and like rank and like all your games. And there is there are a bunch of tabs that you can like turn on and off. And one tab is called rank change. And what it would do is it would show you how much MMR you're winning and losing for each game. And the problem that Valve ran into was that people could see it before they were calibrated. So what you would see is you would see, oh, I got plus 170 for this win, whereas normally you get like plus minus 25. And I got minus 300 for this loss. Oh my god! <laughs> if you were looking at it, like hosting out it, like damn, this rank system's brutal. And then yeah. they, just, and then they just, um, they set it so that if you, 
haven't calibrated yet your rank change in that tab will just show up as zero. Okay, that's good. Um, I'm appreciating all these games. Like Overwatch is actually trying to do that with a, a similar system where they're trying to def- redefine these uh, ranked systems and figure out like better matchmaking. Uh, mm-hmm. Problem with better matchmaking is it's slower to find games, especially yeah. if there's like less player base. But like you know, there's a balance between quality of game and queue time. Like I remember playing Overwatch two at one point, or Overwatch, and the queue times were like 15 minute queues, um, mm-hmm. which was not for like quick play, which is like so <laughs> stupid. Uh, yeah, and but it seems to be in a good state ish right now. Yeah, yeah. But what I what I think a couple like highlights about the system is. Helps a lot with smurfing, because if a smurf is just rolling all their games, they'll, like, skyrocket. Uh, it also helps with keeping <laughs> keeping boosted players out of the higher tiers. Nice. If you just start, if you just start losing and playing, like, just awfully, you'll, you'll just get booted out. And uh, actually, speaking of higher tiers, they made a change to the, essentially, the Grandmaster rank, where instead of the game balancing the teams for you, the highest MMR player or the two highest MMR players in the lobby will get to draft their teammates. Oh wow. So it's like it's like it's like middle school dodgeball. You say, I, I want this guy on my team, and then somebody's inevitably gonna get, get picked last and they'll feel bad. Oh yeah, I'm sure there's no bad feelings <laughs> or toxicity involved in uh picking at all. I'm I'm sure I'm sure that probably is very smooth and good. Yeah, and the funniest thing about it though, and the thing that kind of counteracts that is that your MMR gain and loss are still based off of the balance of these teams. So if you get yourself a stacked team, you're going to gain like 10 MMR for the win, but lose like 100 for the loss. <laughs> so you actually have to tactically choose. Maybe That's... I should put, maybe I should pick this really low rank guy so I can like not lose a bunch of MMR if I lose or gain a bunch of MMR if I win. I feel like Dota is a game for people who love analytics and love numbers and number go up, number go down. It tickles a spot uh, for people. It's just not, it is not my scene. My, Mm -hmm. I think I have that with like, Oh, like a grindy game or something. I get like in runescape. Like I, I got the big drop. I killed the monster and got the big drop, big number. Um, But this, like the, the mobile, like, I don't know. Be, the the joy in complexity mm-hmm. is not uh, appealing to me. Yep. But yeah, I'm I'm glad that you're. Uh, wait. It, so here's the big question: Is it fun? Uh, yes, it is. It is very fun, actually. I've okay. I've had a pretty good time with my with my games. I won a lot of them, so that probably impacts it. But I think, oh. I think generally the the stuff in the patch has been really cool. I think even in a even in like games that are quote unquote lost, I think there's a lot more avenues to actually come back into the game because since the map is so much bigger, you don't get choked out in the same way. Do you think the map size makes the games longer or shorter or does it not affect it, them at all? It definitely makes them longer. Um, longer than 50 minutes? Well, so high, higher level games usually wouldn't go go quite that long because people know win conditions better, but I, I do see, like, like yesterday, I had an, a 70-minute game, and then the day before, I had a 76-minute game. Like, th- those definitely do happen. But I think my, my average game length outside of those has been roughly 30 minutes. 
Do you think they're gonna come up with a like an A RAM sort of from League all ran like all metal all random? Oh no, you told me there's like blitz, right? Yeah. There's like a blitz mode. Uh, there's a turbo mode, and there's also turbo. a mode called overthrow, which is basically just it's like a multi team in Halo, kind of. Oh, okay, so there are modes. Um, yeah. Do they have an auto chess yet? Um, wait, 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 like auto, like do you mean that they bring auto chess back or? Is there an auto chess game mode in Dota? Uh, Dota was where the original auto chess was, but there was a. So the people who made auto chess wanted to like get licensing or something, so they went and made their own game. And I don't know if the auto chess custom game is still there. Oh, okay. I think there might be like remakes and stuff like that, but I I haven't really checked for it. So League kind of ate their lunch on that one. Yeah. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yikes. Big yikes. All right, let, we talked enough about Dota 2, I think, for this yep. this week's edition. <laughs> um, what else have you been up to? Um, yeah, besides Dota, I've been playing some Deep Rock Galactic once again. I So every time I play, there's like a new friend that wants to play it. So we're just in a <laughs> cycle of always introducing somebody new to the game. Oof. And so we haven't actually made any progress like on our own games. Me and like the, the friend who I always play with. So we're only on like the eighth mission maybe yeah but, i but don't yeah, remember how that game is even structured mission wise yeah but it, it's been fun definitely still yeah. rocking driller yep i've been leveling up my driller i think i'm level 11 now when do you like get that. the other weapons for the characters i have no clue i haven't gotten them yet okay keep me posted because there's different weapons you can get and i would like mm -hmm. to i would i would i'm curious of your opinion um, which ones you like. I think all the driller weapons are pretty fun. Yeah, and I've just um, been chilling with the flamethrower. I really want to get the thing where the flamethrower like damages enemies all around you or something. I I know mm -hmm. it's going to be extremely troll because I'll just kill my teammates, but it sounds fun. So I want to <laughs> do it. Yeah, that game is cool. Um, mm -hmm. That game has has uh, energy of Monster Hunter to me, like that uh, mm -hmm. mission-based I love that. I actually really like that mission-based gameplay in, in certain games. Um, mission-based grindy collect. Weird mm -hmm. weird that you'd think I would like Warframe a lot more than I do. And uh, I don't think Warframe... I don't like Warframe that much. Um, but mm -hmm. games like Patapon use that system. Monster Hunter, obviously, yeah. uses that system. I don't know. Have you ever played a Monster Hunter game? Uh, yeah, I played Monster Hunter World. Oh, cool! How did what did you? How far did you get in that? Um, I think I completed the game the first time. I don't remember exactly how it worked. I think you were supposed mm -hmm. to finish it multiple times. Uh, well, you beat the game, like the main storyline. Then there's the whole like post game, and then yeah, yeah, DLC. yeah. Yeah, I I actually so I I technically beat the game twice because I I had it on PS4 initially. I played that, and then I got it on PC, and I did like literally the exact same thing. Yeah, but yeah, I haven't done the post game stuff yet. But yeah, it was, it was really fun. Yeah, World was cool. Um, I always have a weird issue with those games with multiplayer. Uh, I like to play those games single player for the most part, and maybe I would do it like co op. But I had a friend group who wanted to, who all got into that game. It was their first Monster Hunter game, and they all got into it at the same time. And uh, Monster Hunter World has one of the most kind of bad uh, examples of do you know games that have uh we, this is probably a question we could talk about games that have dlc 
items in them when you start the game you turn it on mm-hmm. and you have the op dlc stuff oh, but it yeah. gets it gets sorted into your regular inventory so you don't realize that mm. um so i like to use the blast uh affinity or whatever like the blast effect or, or slime i don't remember if it, what it's called in world but it's the one that mm. you could bl- once you hit something enough it'll apply blast and they blow up um so in that game there's something called the defender set mm-hmm. where there's the defender oh. armor and the defender weapon and you look at it and it's like the best weapon and the best armor it's so easy to craft and i'm like oh wow that's that's pretty good i'm gonna use this set so i was playing the game at one point and i, and I had played other monster hunter games before mm-hmm. um so i'm running around and i keep saying like this armor was nullified or this attack was nullified due to your armor and i was like one-shotting everything I was like, what is this? And I Googled it. And yeah, the Defender set exists in the game so you can speed run the entire campaign to get to the DLC, um, which is cool, I guess, for people who bought yeah. it like you did all across multiple platforms. But all of my friends who never played a Monster Hunter game all were using that set and they didn't realize it. And they were playing four player only. So mm-hmm. whenever they would try anything by themselves, they would immediately die and then get really upset because they had literally no ability um, because they were just one-shotting everything and they were also a group of four people um, Mm -hmm. just destroying. So I was telling them like, hey, you guys should probably... One, also it kind of ruins the whole upgrading system because you're you're not actually grinding for better armor and different... You're not learning about... It's kind of like the Drake sword of Dark Souls 1. Yeah. where in Dark Souls 1, as as you remember, uh, there's a sword you can get that basically will carry you through the entire early game, but it does not scale, and you can't upgrade it, basically. So mm-hmm. by the time you get to late game, it'll make you bad at the game, because you won't engage with any systems to make you good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, all of them were using it, so like none of them... And also, if you got to the DLC with that, good luck, because now you're playing the real game. Now you're playing, like the post game and you have no idea how to base like basic concepts of the game um yeah i don't know yeah i'm, I'm glad you brought brought up the defender armor because i actually did end up accidentally using that i think everyone played. does yeah and I was, like, I was like damn this game is so easy and i'm like wait a minute like i i actually found out because i looked up a guide so i wanted to know like what what, what like what weapons i should be looking for and stuff and they said i think the, at the end of the video they said okay all this doesn't matter if you have the defender armor to speed run the game yeah no it's it, it exists to speed run the main story to get to the dlc faster yeah um it yeah it may but they don't really tell you that anywhere it, it's just kind of and i think a lot of people probably fell into that and the world is a lot of people's first uh, game and I really do think it makes you worse at the game and I would get kind of annoyed mm-hmm. at my friends because they were using it but that is kind of one of those positions that's hard to be like no you're playing the game wrong you have to play it the harder way you know what I mean like yeah yeah it's, I, I it's kind of you you're kind of an asshole for bringing it up but at the same time you know well this is actually what happened is they all got to the end of the game they all dropped the game <laughs> so they all got to Iceborne, which I, I haven't actually played Iceborne. I got to Iceborne. And I was like, all right, guys, I'm waiting for you guys to get here. And they all dropped the game. So, yeah. And then they all played yeah. Rise, and I bought Rise, and I haven't even touched it. And I think they dropped Rise, Damn. too. So, 
<laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. Monster Hunter. I played. I've I played so many Monster Hunter games that I really am kind of over it a little bit, to be honest. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Do you do you know any other games that use like that have like obnoxious DLC items? Um. I don't know. I mean, it's probably ones that I've like forgotten about. Like I, I don't know. Like I'm sure. I'm sure there was definitely something in Skyrim like that, but I have no clue. Yeah. It's been a um, I do remember yeah. that bug in Skyrim with the book where you could get all your stuff to level 11 by just spamming the that one book. Or level I 100 by just spamming the one book. Yeah, there was some book that would, like, it, it would just upgrade, like, any skill that you choose. And I think you had, you had to, like, do some save glitch where you, like, the book was supposed to be one-time use, but you could just keep using it over and over again. Hmm. Uh, it, it was crazy. It was weird. It was some, I remember some 2011 stuff. You used to be able to craft like 100,000 iron daggers to just level yeah. up blacksmithing. Yeah, I did that. I remember that. And then they actually gave like leveling um, purpose. You know what's yeah. weird about that, that game? I did legitimately try to play Skyrim pretty vanilla and level up. Like I, I tried to level up smithing mm-hmm. and I realized that it it's like almost like a runescapey kind of grinding in a game that it doesn't really feel satisfying to grind for what i would do is just run through the dwarven mine grab the scrap melt it down make bars craft it and then repeat that yeah and i'm and i was thinking to myself like why would i is it even worth grinding this because it's gonna take me like three hours to do this why would i not just like cheat in a level at this point for this but that's a slippery yeah. slope, right? Like, cheat. I mean, I think it's just because it's so easy to cheat in Skyrim. But I don't have that issue with other games. Like, I'm okay grinding for things in other games. I just think Skyrim just felt almost like pointless. The grind almost felt like baby's first grind yeah. and wasn't interesting to do. I think for me, the problem is that there isn't enough uh, enough reward as you're grinding. Because I think there's, I think in Skyrim there were just too many levels for everything. Yeah, I could see so, that. So, like, stuff was actually just, like, super, super spread out, I feel like. Yeah, there's certain things, like, what is the point of even bothering? Yeah. Like, the smithing, it's, like, it's cool. You can get the best armor in the game. But those games always have, like, adaptive difficulty, where it's, like, the stronger you get, the stronger the enemies get. So what's the point? I also feel like one thing that actually annoys me with a lot of progression systems is they'll be, like, yeah, you, you level this thing up to to get better armor or get better like weapons and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, cool. And then some games it's like, okay, well actually you need to spend points in this that you would otherwise be spending on your build. So if you want to actually play the end game, you got to pay the end game tax. Oh, by by the way, I have no patience for games that don't have respecking in them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Games, every game, especially single player games, you should be able to respec as much as you want. I uh, like add a penalty, make it cost some in-game money or make it cost something, but not limit it. Like I, I honestly really don't like the fact that uh, some of the FromSoft games that did eventually allow respecking, they limited it. Mm-hmm. I think in Elden Ring you can grind. Oh, uh, there's at least I know there's like sixteen or something respects in one playthrough too. So like there's a lot. Yeah. Like you won't really need to use them all, but still, like I want. I, I hate feeling like I put a point into a skill 
and I can't respect it. And also, yeah, here's the deal too. Like, I want to try out. I, I if if a game doesn't allow respecting, I'm not gonna want to try out new builds and like try things. I'm going to look online and follow like a guide because I'm too nervous to put points into things. Because mm-hmm. some games you can just have a bad character that just you just are screwed. Uh, I think a lot of more recent games are adding respecking in them, though, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the the last game that I played that really annoyed me with the respecking thing was actually Cyberpunk because you can respect That's your the skills, game about that too. but you can't respect your attributes. And attributes mm-hmm. are basically the things that get you farther in the individual skill trees. Mm-hmm. And I I understand they want it to be like oh, oh it's role playing right like I'm a guy who's good with good with my fists but not good with tech but it's like but it's like well i'm in end game now and i literally need tech to play the game yeah see there's kind of an issue with that because mm-hmm. i i get it and i also i made a character in cyberpunk my first character a male v street kid uh i did hacking which was mm-hmm. a mistake because hacking is boring you play one oh, dumb yeah. mini game over and over again and you don't play the game it's really honestly really stupid and bad mm-hmm. but it led me to do the pan am um minor spoilers the pan am romance quest line which i thought was actually pretty nice and i got the cool yeah. ending with that um and I liked my care. I liked the roleplay aspect. Like I liked my dialogue options with the smart V, and you can do smart things and be handy. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to play like melee character, so I tried to make a new character, which I might do at some point. But it's like, oh, can I respec my V? And it's like, well, yeah, but then he wouldn't be the same person. Is the yeah. thing because the dialogue options are based on your traits, like you're saying, like mm-hmm. I, I I can respec from being smart hacker guy, but would it make sense for me to now be brutish like strength guy yeah, but i'm the same person <laughs> like it would be weird mm-hmm. yeah i don't know hacking did you try hacking let's talk about cyberpunk for a bit did um, you try the hacking stuff in that game yes after i had basically done everything i wanted in the game i used a mod to respect my attributes and I oh, did okay. some hacking. yeah i got i got bored of it really quick yeah that was my full playthrough was just pressing tab and clicking on people and playing the yeah. mini game it was so boring oh my God. I hate it was how the such ga- a bad i hate choice. how the game uh like in the tutorial and stuff it directs you to the one you have to hold instead of the one you can toggle for that menu Which, wh- what, what do you mean um like the the hacking menu thing oh i don't even remember yeah like um, the, like i think tab you had to hold in there was another button where it was toggle and they just don't tell you about the toggle one unless oh you look God. in the key vines the amount of time i spent in security cameras tagging people and like individually hacking them and then i would walk into the base and then one person would spot me anyway so it didn't matter man I, that, that game i i wish I, I did i did respect and try to do like a melee build um mm-hmm. and honestly any other build just seemed way more fun because you're running around flying around doing crazy stuff stealth i think stealth in games is never fun to be honest yeah i've I never didn't... enjoyed it I didn't find the stealth in Cyberpunk nearly as satisfying as I thought I would. Yeah. Is there any stealth games you actually enjoy? Uh, not that I've played. Yeah, I mean, Metal Gear is awesome. Yeah, I've, I've heard Metal Gear stealth, is good. Stealth is cool, and those games kind of, I guess. Mm-hmm. I um, think Splinter Cell is decent stealth. 
No, those games, yeah, they have cool, like, darkness meters. Yeah. And, like, it, those are probably, like, games that are designed around stealth can mm. be fun. Any stealth mechanic in a game is always so bad. Like, mm. I'm playing Persona 5 right now, and it's not bad. The stealth mechanic. This game actually suffers from two of the things we were talking about. It does have a bunch of weird DLC mm-hmm. that appeared at the beginning of the game, so it gives you, like, a million DLC items, which are strange. Yeah. Um, and then also... It has the the thing of, yeah, there's stealth. Uh, you can sneak around the enemies, and it's like, okay, maybe this is relevant on harder difficulties because you actually don't want to get into fights. But I just yeah. run up and get into every single fight for the XP. Like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, the stealth is very superficial and kind of phoned in. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of games... You know, a lot of games have that phoned in stealth... Um, uh, you know what, Sly Cooper, those games kind of have fun-ish stealth. Uh, the Cooper. raccoon games on PS2. Man, you mean the ones they don't make anymore. Thanks. Well, they do we actually weirdly make them. Like, they made a fourth game that was okay. I think really? I heard else. nothing about the fourth game. <laughs> yeah, it's called, like, about, I played it. So I'm a, I was a huge okay. fan of those games. And then I played some of the fourth game. It's, it's like a time travel game. And it's like... Uh, that's where all those classic PS2 games go. They really like all did. Versions. Yeah, <laughs> they like, all did. I I actually remember I heard Crash like did. God, when did they even announce Sly Cooper for? Like two thousand eight. Like I heard that, that was got a, delayed. It was like, a PS three Vita game. It yeah, was I heard PS3 that got delayed like Vita a game. billion times, and I just thought it never came out. They were gonna have like a Netflix show at one point or at some oh point. Oh my god, it just didn't didn't work out. Um, I think they're making another one, but the, th- the problem is Sly four. From the little bit I've played, kind of three has like a lot of spirit to it. Like one, I think is probably the best in terms of it's it's a simpler game. It is it's the most different. It is like a classic. Two, I think people don't like as much. I haven't really played that much of two. Three, mm-hmm. I had um, I really enjoyed three. There was a lot of that going on on the PS2, where the first game's a classic, the second game's yeah. okay, and the third game is like the weird. Like, they're trying something new, but it's kind of a banger. Like, Ape Escape yeah. 3 and um, Spyro 3 on PS1. Like, being. They, they're trying new things, but they're kind of a banger. And I think Jack and Daxter was kind of like that, too. Yeah, that's a weird 3. That That's where, yeah. like, uh, it's rated T and they say damn and stuff. <laughs> they say. They say heck. Yeah, I, I had to return. So, I bought my parents, or I think my grandma bought me that game. And I played it in front of them, and he says like "hell," and they made me return the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jack uh. Three, and then Jack Racing. Everything also had everything oh, also had a racing God. game. They just Bring made all of them do racing. They thought they were Mario. The only racer that people like really mess with is Crash Team Racing. Still, yeah, like, that's the one that caught on. Yeah, that that one that game apparently slaps. Remember when they tried to revive Twisted Metal, and they did like which a, time? The last one, like I think it was like a PS3 one. I like, I can't I remember, know. but like I I think they had like DLC where there was like other PlayStation characters in it. I I feel like I remember that. I don't know if I'm like, I don't know if that was that was a dream that I had as a kid. <laughs> but I feel like I remember like. All these like dark twisted metal characters, and then there's, there's this crash bandicoot just goofing around. In Amazing. There. Yeah, oh. I never got into those games at all either. Um, yeah, 
car. I, I don't care about the things about me is like sports don't really care for cars. Mm-hmm. Don't really care for at least in video games. Yeah. Like I don't really like. Actually, that's kind of a lie. If if I had a uh, driving wheel and like a pedal setup with like the full like a fully immersive with VR. Oh uh, yeah, and, you're, like, you're just literally in a car. I would love that. I would actually yeah. probably enjoy that. That and truck simulator. Like I would probably mess with that. Um, mm-hmm. But just I'm not gonna play with a mouse and keyboard or like a, I'm not gonna just sit there with a controller and play any of those games. I would want yeah. the full immersive experience. Yeah. That w- and like same with flight simulator. Like that would probably be fun if I had like a full flight rig and all that. <laughs> um. But yeah, that's so specialized for those yeah. games. Same thing with rhythm games. We talk about rhythm games all the time. I've complained about them enough. Oh yeah. And how expensive all the peripherals are. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and I guess talking about my week before we get to questions, uh, I've been playing Overwatch two mm-hmm. a lot more as my like couple minutes long game. Um, just grinding quick play. I've been playing Hanzo a ton just to try to get good at this character. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm actually getting pretty okay at the character. Pog. Uh, yeah, he's fun. Uh, I don't know, just shooting. Something about him is it's cool to like uh, be a glass cannon, like getting those insta kills and whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't have too much to say. Maybe I'll dip my toe into competitive if I feel uh good enough at the game. Mm-hmm. Um. The thing is, I, the only reason I really even want to play competitive is to get competitive points to get golden skins. Like, I don't really yeah. care about the gameplay of competitive. Um, God, every time I I hear somebody talk about DPS in Overwatch, I just remember that they're they're work they're trying to make a melee DPS character work. And I just have this image of some, of a dude just walking up, like like literally just Genji ult, just walking up, wiping your team, and then somebody just screaming about about how they had to do all these hours of aim training and stuff just for this guy to instant kill them. Well, don't worry. They already have Brig in the game, who was a DPS for a while. Man. Um, and it was terrible. And also, yeah, I do feel that way playing against Moira. And I know mm-hmm. Moira is like... Moira is like the... Is a good character for bad people. And like, I've played a lot of Moira. Moira's fun. Moira can kill people. You don't have to aim. She's a good console character too. You literally do not. You do not have to aim at all, and your range is insane. You just mm-hmm. drain health. You life steal. You can heal yourself. You can fly around. She's not that good because she doesn't really have any utility for a team. Like if you're actually yeah. trying to play the game, uh, she's not really a good pick. Like you know, you'd rather have someone who has you know more complicated. But when you're playing quick play and you're playing like Hanzo, and I'm trying to like shoot people. My, I'm not mechanically good enough right now to like always kill Moira, who's just holding like left click on me, mm-hmm. um, or right click or whatever. So the, that's kind of the the issue where it's like I need to get better so I can insta kill people, like mm-hmm. as Hanzo. But right now, while I'm still learn, like I'm not a god and la- can't land every shot, so I just sit there while this person literally puts in zero effort and just kills me. Yeah. And I played Moira, so I'm I'm gonna shit on Moira because I played a ton of Moira <laughs> and like climbed ranks or whatever when that was, she came out. Um, she's stupid, and I get she's like I get it's good to have her in the game. Um, I guess not everyone needs to be like super aim intensive, but it yeah. does feel bad when you're trying to like aim and they don't have to do anything. 
Yeah, and again, I, as someone who's played a lot of Moira, yeah, you don't have to do anything. Yeah, when I was playing Overwatch a few weeks ago, just for like, oh, just to play some soldier. I remember I like you know I, I had a really good spot, and this Moira just walks up to me. I'm like, oh, I'll I'll just kill her, and I'm shooting like two clips into her. I'm like, wow, she's just not she dying. And then I finally she like went to trade, and she just teleports away, and I'm like, what what the hell? Like, yeah, I, I, that I think it gets solved. The better you are at DPS, it kind of solves itself. Like if you if I as Hanzo, I can one shot her, especially mm-hmm. if he's close. Just headshot. Sometimes yeah. it can be difficult, and you panic. Um, it's more of a matter of it'll become less annoying the better I get because that's the problem with Moira is like there's a the skill ceiling is a floor um what there's nowhere to go like and you have no utility like there's nowhere to go from yeah. you ma- like you can very easily just master the character and then there's but there's nothing you know there's no like upward uh, ability there so Mm-hmm. I, I can't get too annoyed. It is annoying in qu- like quick play when you die to it, but I can't be too mad about it. Is the yeah. thing. Overwatch continues to be pretty fun. Um, mm-hmm. I've been playing a lot of Persona Five Royale on PC. Uh, I'm clocking around maybe eighty hours or something in that game, or fifty, sixty hours. Damn. Uh, P4 was like ninety to a hundred hours, so I'm mm-hmm. assuming this game's going to be about ninety hours. Um, yeah, it's really good. Um, mm-hmm. I'm starting to get bored of the combat, which the combat has never been really a staple of these games. The, it's the best it's ever been uh, in Persona 5, but it's JRPG combat. Rock, It's like Pokemon style. Uh, this element is weak to this. With mm-hmm. some twists, and uh, it's okay, like fighting things. The part that I enjoy is the S links and the talking to people and the story. Just there are yeah. nights where uh, I'm playing the game, and for like 80 minutes or not 80 minutes, like for like a full hour, I'm just watching like a fully voiced cutscene and have it on autoplay. And it's just like I'm watching an anime, and they just have anime cutscenes too. Remember uh, how they here. just made an anime for that game? Yeah, both games do. Um, yeah, Persona Four and uh, Five, and Five Four has like an additional like golden version, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it, it, those games are cool. It's really good. It's, it's probably on sale right now with Golden Week. Actually, uh, Sega games are on sale. If you haven't played any of them, uh, you should try try one of them. Probably. Yeah, I, I did play Persona Five a while back on my. Oh, did you beat it? My PS4. No, I didn't beat it. Oh, okay. I don't remember how far I got, but I did play a decent amount. Maybe like uh, 20, 30 hours. I'm not sure. Oh, nice. Well, all the games are on sale right now on PC. So mm-hmm. five and three and whatever. And yeah, four. since my since my PS4 is broken, I probably should should try to get it. Yeah. Yeah, I would say if you play five, I mean, here's the deal, right? Problem is, if you play five, five is the most recent and the most like so much quality of life so it is so yeah. like it is so accessible and then four is like okay it's not as quality of life like it's gonna be a little bit rough and then three is gonna be the most rough yeah to get into because it's yeah um mm-hmm. but my i guess maybe my thought process is like if you enjoy five enough you'll go back for four and then three but yeah. i started with four um 
and I've really liked four a lot. Well, actually, I started with three, and I actually didn't like three at first because it was too like I didn't understand the systems, and it was too like unuser friendly, and there was no definitive way to play it. Um, then I played four and got addicted, and playing five, and I'll probably play three at some point. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, those games are good. They're worth checking out. Um. Yeah, so I guess let's uh, let me think. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much all my gaming going on. Uh, we could probably talk about um, some questions now. If you have a question, you can email us at hyeppodcast at gmail.com. That is hyeppodcast at gmail.com. Let me know you exist, people. I, I check the, the numbers. This podcast does do numbers sometimes, um, depending on how clickbait our title is. um it does do numbers so hit us up with any questions or stories or whatever you want to do but we're going to go to that we'll defer to the ai for some questions right now all right um let's see let's 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 what do you think is the next big thing in gaming (laughs) which is such a broad question oh my god that's uh the next big thing I don't know, man. <laughs> I want to. Gonna... I want to think VR in a way, but it's not adopt. I think VR becomes huge. I honestly, VR probably won't even be that big in gaming. It'll probably be more in like social, like VR chat style, like chat rooms and the social thing about computers. Um, yeah, you know what's really funny about that? So I was gonna say VR, but then I remembered. Uh, like six years ago when I told one of my relatives that I was going to be majoring in game design, he said like, yeah, you know, I hope, I hope you get into VR. That's the next big thing. And I'm like six years later, I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're still saying that. Yeah, sure. I, I think a, I think AR is probably augmented reality is probably yeah. more the next big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, again, that's not even in gaming. I think more so in everyday life, we're going to be using it more. Um, I do think VR VR will probably become more widespread and adopt it the smaller and the more convenient the technology is. I think also um, the less expensive. Yeah, less expensive, more convenient. Just, I think it'll be adopted more. Um, I don't know for gaming, but like I, I do see it, it's going to be probably used a lot for like virtual events and streaming and social mm-hmm. things. Um, gaming. What's the next big game? I, I guess... I guess Battle Royale took the world by storm. I wonder what... The, I mean, if we could predict what the next trend is, we'd be, like, millionaires. Yeah, I find it really but, interesting. You know, I think... I think So it's not that the BR trend has died down, but you see a lot less new BRs. It, I think it's kind of going to go the way of the MOBA, where there's, like, the few that'll figure out how to make it work, and then the mm-hmm. rest are just going to be like, okay, we'll just move on to something else. Yeah, Apex, Fortnite. Yeah, it's basically like Apex, Fortnite. I, I, I guess PUBG and Warzone. I hear they're doing well. I see they're always doing like these collabs. But like, first of all, I know very few people that play them, and the people that do play them always talk about how like so so obviously with these kind of games, right? Lots of the fan base talks about how bad it is, but the way that they talk about it, I feel like is different because I I have a direct comparison in the genre with Apex, and like, wow, Apex just doesn't have that issue. I, I literally I cannot relate to that skill issue. Yeah, he's like, have you tried picking a better game? Oof. 
I actually, you know what? I do think the Tarkov model and the uh, that's kind of like a micro. It's like a shoot off of Battle Royale, and it's kind of like a micro trend, like dark and darker. If that game ever actually does come out, now that the lawsuits, mm-hmm. um, dark and darker, uh, Hunt Showdown Tarkov, like the the drop in with some. You know what? I think hybrid PvP PVE might have a a future. Because a lot of ca- people are ca- more casual when they play games. Like, even Overwatch 2 is supposed to get that PvE mode at some point. Yeah. Um, and I do think I could spend a lot more time playing Overwatch 2 if I had a separate mode where I'm, like, grinding out some looter-shooter PvE stuff with my stats. And, I could mm-hmm. like, if I could grind out some looter-shooter stuff, maybe get some unique skins from playing PvE and then use them in the PvP, like, I think that's cool. Yeah, um, you, you know, now I'm thinking about it. What I want to be the next trend is uh, less FPS, please. I think that'd be great. We have, I think we're like, unironically, I think that there's a big oversaturation of FPS now. Unless it's Team Fortress 3, even though that game yeah. will probably be like a hero shoot. Like, that game will honestly, if they did make a Team Fortress 3, it would be disgusting and have a battle pass and skins and. Yeah. You don't want it, honestly. People don't. People think they want it. They probably don't actually want it. <clears throat> yeah, um, but, but like, I think people talk about like, oh, all all these games are like boring nowadays and stuff. And, and I'm like, it's because they're all FPS games. Like, there, there's well, only so much you can. I think there's only so much you can do with the FPS genre. And I think that also it's it's very it, it is a little stagnant right now, in my opinion. Like, yeah, that's why you see so many of these like hero shooters and stuff is because they're literally just trying to dip into like the things that would just work better in a different genre. <laughs> to be honest, yeah, I think competitive. Uh, it really feels like giant games as a service games and competitive and infinite money tread like infinite money games mm-hmm. are the the current trend. And I mean, there's no real incentive to make single player games. Yeah, so... I do want to see more. You you were talking about like hybrid PvP slash PvE. I want to see, and this is going to sound weird, a competitive co-op game with a high skill cap. That'd be fun, like that competitive, cool. uh, overcooked, like team v team. Yeah, it's like stuff like that, like something that can like attract people and like keep them there for a long time. You know, I think that like you know we we obviously had that Among Us trend. Like people obviously like even beyond like COVID, just COVID, people do want to make have like those type of interactions. And I think like it'd be, or I guess like more they they want like more like social interactions that aren't exclusively competitive, right? So I think that like having more co-op games could could dip into that a little bit. I I also do think that like as you said, like PvP PV, PV mixture, but I'm trying to think of like how to word this. I guess more PVE being what builds up to the PvP instead of. Uh, having pvp be like almost a random encounter at times it was like maybe a more controlled environment well a lot of games like destiny 2 had a lot of modes like that there was a lot of pve pvp hybrid Mm -hmm. um there was a lot of like crossover um i also think that maybe we'll start to see the rise of uh making user created content games we haven't seen a lot of like little big planet and um, yeah. those kind of games recently. And I, I think also with the rise of VR in terms of people having their own like VR spaces, I think people are going to start making 
things that they can make their own experiences in VR. I think the drop of Sandbox, the Gary's Mod sequel, if that game, that game's either going to kind of like come out with like, meh, people don't really care about it, or it's going to be like the next big thing and really mm-hmm. be popular. And we'll probably get the next big game out of that game. You know, like the next yeah. big game mode craze will come out of one of these, like it'll come out of one of these workshops. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it'll be some random game mode that some user makes. Um, yeah. But I, I think that sandbox game, like the reason games like Ro- like a Roblox are so addicting to like kids is that like constant new games and new experiences to play. And I think Gary's mod is like somewhat the more grown up version of that. And I believe the sandbox game will probably be the next step. And if that game also utilizes Source Two and um, VR. I think there's going to be a lot to, that comes out of it. Um, we'll see. We'll see, though. Mm-hmm. If people, it's just you got to get people to make stuff. People have to be excited yeah. to make things in it, and I think people will. Um, mm-hmm. We'll see. Oh. I think that's a podcast. Wait, actually, one more thing. Co-op yep. roguelikes. I want more. Oh, there's a game called um, Streets of Rogue. We should try that Ooh. sometime. It's co-op. Uh, it's really cheap uh streets of rogue it's a game where oh, apparently they're making a sequel too but it's oh, yeah, a game it. yeah where you uh steal stuff and do things there's like a billion characters and they mm-hmm. all have different abilities you it's like uh you can it's like a top-down shootery thing and you break into places and steal things and yeah it's co-op um there's a couple games that are co-op uh roguelikes but yeah those are fun yeah, let's let's just call it. We'll call it a, a night for now. Yep. All right. I'm Matt, aka Matt Fondude. You can find me on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Matt Fondude. Uh, I'll probably stream maybe this weekend. Get back into Silent Hill too. It's been like three weeks, which is crazy. Pause. I gotta stream more, but I'm busy. <laughs> All right, and I'm James, aka James O4E. Find me on the on the Twitches, the Twitters, and the YouTubes. All right. Goodbye, everybody. Good night.